Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake. If I sound a little different this week, it's because I left my microphone at Alex's house, so I'm using a shitty USB mic with no screens, so I'm going to be popping all over the place. (laughs) With me are Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, and producer Terry. This week we're here to talk about Pyramid at the End of the World, written by Peter Harness and Stephen Moffat. Uh, directed by Daniel Netheim, aired May 27th, 2017. Jill. Yes. Get a shift on. Uh, what'd you think of this one? Uh, I was really underwhelmed by it. It felt like the second part of a three-parter. And that's <laughs> what it is. There, I mean, it, it's fine. It's not bad. It just didn't feel like it had a lot of advancement. It's a whole lot of walking around and not doing a ton, in my opinion. Sam? Usually, Jill and I haven't agreed this season. I feel like we feel very opposite about episodes, but I'm 100% on board with that. Feel the same. Cody? Jake, imagine I am your computer monitor looking right back at you. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, Break, bring up eyes a are closed. <laughs> nope, I'm imagining. Oh, okay, okay, go you, ahead. Okay, uh, imagine us locking eyes, gazing deeply into them. Uh, oh, this yeah. episode was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You can, uh, Terry? you can stop imagining. I enjoyed Never. this episode. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, no, I I found a lot of humor in all of the side throwaways like you'd expect. And I liked the idea that uh, what was going to end the world wasn't like a World War Three, but a chemical thing that was going wrong. That was a complete accident by someone else. And it would turn catastrophic. Can't confirm, though. Terry was laughing at the worst jokes of the episode. He did. If he could enjoy those, he could enjoy the whole episode. (laughs) There were some really good bad jokes. I can appreciate that. Back to disagreeing. (laughs) 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 Maybe I just missed them. I appreciate the attempt. Like, they were kind of dad jokes, but they were off the dad joke spectrum. They weren't, you know, like, punny. They were just, like, narcissistic but in the wrong way. Yeah, that's how I kind of felt too. I'm starting to like Nardal less and less. <laughs> Just in time for him to have maybe died. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's cold. That's real cold. Well, okay, here's the thing. If it was like some hot jock guy and he was saying the same lines, everyone would hate him. So I don't think just because he's a goofy guy and he has all of this oh, look at me, I'm superior, blah, blah, blah. 
I, I just don't like that attitude, no matter who you are. I suppose. And it's the doctor's fault that he may have died, but definitely didn't because plot armor. <laughs> what? Pseudo companions can't die? Well, no, they certainly can, but uh, the doctor skimped on lungs. That's his bad. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk! But he That's gave him. A, but he gave him. He gave him two dicks. That's why he swagged so hard. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> also insinuating the doctor purchased human lungs. That's a bit strange. <laughs> Would be really like that part, or I was confused about that part. Well, he could have gone way into the future where they're like cloned and yeah. you know grown in a lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. petri lungs. Yeah, the cheapest lungs that they have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not you know lungs from Bob they found <laughs> in the back alley. I feel well, like not time lungs. your Lord lungs. Ugh, can't even say that word. He has like a respiratory bypass system so he can hold his breath for fucking hours. That's cool. I love that concept because that's that explains a lot of things throughout Doctor Who that need explaining. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of bullshit lines like that tend to. <laughs> well, I actually had a good time today watching this. I wasn't excited for this trilogy uh, because I remember it. <laughs> and, but uh, this was actually surprisingly fun for me to watch today. The It's really just like people sitting in rooms for 45 minutes. There's like four sets, if you don't count the TARDIS. But uh I was super into everything. It had, it looked very theatrical. It was cinematic. And, uh, you know, creepy-ass monks doing creepy-ass things. Well, the doctor makes jokes. What's not to like? Jake's reading down it. He's got a little piece of a legal pad, and he's got, like, keywords on there, and he's just hitting each the keyword. <laughs> theatrical and... and well, Another I accidentally keyword. said theatrical. I am meant to say cinematic, so I <laughs> changed it. I'm I'm actually surprised Jill didn't like it more because it had the death clock. Like that's 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 that your jam. Stick? Yeah, it wasn't like a true Doomsday countdown. Clock. Yeah, it wasn't prominent enough. Yeah, how is the I doctor this massive scientist? Everyone in the world had this <laughs> countdown. Yeah, everyone saw it. And again, it's not a countdown. It's like a count up. The doomsday clock's a real thing. Yeah. Just like astronomy is a real thing. <laughs> astronomy yeah, is a real thing. Astrology. <laughs> Astrology? Yeah, it's like, it's both right. Except, except the doomsday clock is cultivated by scientists, and astrology is what white ladies do to make money. <laughs> yeah, and acupuncturist <laughs> is also a doctor. That doesn't make them a a doctor acupuncture I didn't say doctor, doctor I said scientist it's the same concept it's commutative it it's transpositional stop refuting things Jake you know what the fuck <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> the doomsday clock is a crock of shit what did your and horoscope was- say today though <laughs> god I wish I knew it probably said like you'll be a stubborn ass tonight <laughs> every night every night <laughs> The rest of life. <laughs> Anywho, um, the ending wasn't god awful. They ripped the pyramid straight out of the a previous episode. Y'all see the pyramid shoot the beam of light and then just like hot swap seats and then slowly land the plane just like down. And, that- and then they like did this weird... <laughs> 
stand and in a row. Slammed the submarine. So <laughs> is the pyramid just going to be a recurrent thing? Because we had it with the silence and now it's back again and it's just like magical pyramids that appear. That was it. The, well, I mean, that was a pyramid that already exists where we our, our good guys just had their base. Oh. This is just a thing. Pyramids are fun. They're spooky. Are they? Spooky. Spooky. Like dead people living there. You see these monks? I do yeah. like the monks. The monks kind of look like mummies. The mummy the robes monks. are beautiful. They're also the fates. <laughs> I like their threads of life. I like the line where they said, we chose this form to suit you. And they're like, you guys look like corpses. And like, you are corpses to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was great. Well, can somebody yeah, explain to me the line where the doctor said, what, what was it, like, fear is ty- or tyranny, but love is, like, makes you a slave? Uh, it was, fear is an inefficient way to rule. Uh, love is slavery. Okay. So fear can change, but if you have love for something, it tends to stay the same, so you would continue to follow that person for that reason. Yeah. Whereas with you fear, say, yeah, it's easier. Yeah, it's easier to rule with love than with fear. Right. When it comes to writing that. Taking it way too literally. <laughs> well, these are the quotes that like we used to have a favorite line section. And all of our favorite lines were like these really nice, robust, sometimes metaphorical, very well thought out, fantastic lines. They, Whoever, were, they has, were never that. Has Cody they been on our podcast before? All the ones that I picked were pretty dumb. <laughs> Mostly. No, all the ones we all picked. Not true at all. And how dare you? Wrong. Fake news. <laughs> okay, well, there are plenty of good lines in this. And just because this one isn't one doesn't mean that it itself <laughs> if, has if to be taken so literally. With the Nardole, I'm not just sexy line as a good line. We're fighting. I will be at your house. We're going to have a gentleman's fight. I warn you, I don't fight gentlemanly. I fight dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My good line is uh, the doctor's asking how they got the plane or the TARDIS on the plane. And it's like, the windows aren't big enough. And the general's like, oh, they are now. That was good. I like that. Oh, man. I like right after that. The doctor asks uh, Bill uh, what happened on her date with Penny. And she says, the Secretary General of the UN. And he goes, awesome. She says, no, that wasn't a metaphor. He goes, good, because I wasn't really following. (laughs) I did also (laughs) like that one, yes. I I liked the beginning, um, how they did like the overview. um, And they, they were like calling it the dream. And they were splicing in. And then it was over uh, Bill's date. Like she was telling it as like a story. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, they were cutting in the previously on into the current action. Yeah, that that was really neat. Yeah, that that's kind of like a, a stroke of genius in how unique and fresh it was. Jill, did you notice that when Bill enters the TARDIS, we finally see how old she is? No. Oh, yeah, when the doctor had the glasses on. What? Yeah, it like oh, scans yeah. everyone and says their age. Oh, I didn't. First even of all, catch it says Nardal is two hundred and thirty-seven, but it says Bill is twenty-six. Hmm. I was go. the one concerned with the age. 
Oh. If that matters. My I bad. think we were all concerned. <laughs> no, no one cared, and everyone kept yelling at me because I wanted to know. Because no one cared. <laughs> I cared! But now you know. I am, I am a someone, Jake. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Uh... Oh, there's also a fun line when the doctor asks Nardal, like, what are all the important things in life or the necessities? And he goes, air, water, food, beer. <laughs> I thought he said beer, but then one. the doctor didn't repeat it. And I was like, well, maybe he didn't. Maybe I was just hearing things. Nardal doesn't beer. Why not? Because he doesn't have a human stomach. He has human intestines. Remember, we talked about this. Oh, that's right. In the bathroom. You don't need human open. intestines to take a shit. My dog takes a shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but does she need somewhere for them to go? Like, unrefutable point, though. That was Like, this debate great. is over. That was really good. <laughs> we don't know all of what's human and what's not on Nardal, though, do we? Like, we now we know he out. has human lungs, but we don't I'm know. I'm going to read the wiki. I would say maybe most of him is not human. That's what I would agree with. Why? You're just guessing. Well, why would he be mostly human? Why would his lungs be human? Because they're because cheap. Because they're super cheap. So why is the rest of him not cheap? Those parts lying around. Yeah, because human legs are hard to come by. Not cheap. Are they? All right, everyone wow. shut up. <laughs> this is clearly <laughs> going to require some moderating for this episode. <laughs> Lots, lots more moderating. <laughs> what do you guys think of the Erica story? She's the best companion that we've seen this season. Let's keep her. <laughs> what? Are we talking about the scientist lady? Yeah. Was that her name? More than Bill or Nardal? Yeah. I, I liked oof. her. I love her character. She was fine. Yeah. Her acting ability. Subpar. Is pretty poor i'll give her subpar what terry in every scene where she's not actively um like saying something or playing a part she's like standing there staring at something once yeah that happened in one scene okay also you saw it once and you're extrapolating that over the whole scene or the whole episode, but I know exactly which part you're talking about, and you're absolutely right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's, she just, the the acting got to me. And the fact that, Terry, I am disappointed, son. Of all people, I expected you to be like, eh, I'm better. She was better than the counterpart that was in no, that okay, room. Okay, sorry, don't let me, she was better than a lot of the extras. You can't uh, compare extras. garbage to the, the next <laughs> yeah, level. Not even the extras, just like all side characters of this entire story were tragically terrible yeah. at acting in this particular episode. They might be amazing actors, but the characters they played here were terrible. Are you talking about the generals too? So oh much my there. God. They're all pretty bad. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about them. Yes. Also, I'm sorry, but America doesn't consent ever. This is America. No. <laughs> it wasn't America. It was one man. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That was the, the also Bill would never vote for the president. He's orange. <laughs> that, that seems racist. I didn't know we were that far along in yeah, Doctor Yeah, Who. Trump first joke. Trump joke. Oh God, there's that, more. That sounds like there's more Trump jokes. <laughs> I mean, probably right. 
it's they're not to... as blatant. There were there were four years of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of just like the concept, Erica and hungover friend aside? Just the, uh, you know, the idea of a story where a series of unfortunate events brings about the end of the world. I really enjoyed that. It was super interesting and fun to follow and watch it play out. It's like the butterfly effect, right? Is that what that movie was about? Sort of. So no. the dude moved a decimal <laughs> and that created this poisonous bacteria? Yeah, because he was hungover. Yeah. Not really thinking. So... As soon as they're like, oh my gosh, we have to put this on lockdown, make sure all doors and vacuum seals are closed, this can't get out. He wasn't like, eh, maybe I should put my helmet back on. Yeah, I wrote, at that moment, I wrote down, worst scientist ever. So bad. (laughs) Or close the two sealed doors that he left open. God, it just... They hit that really hard with the camera. Like, look at this, door open. But, you know, I mean, they're using analog type lux to seal this you know high technology uh state-of-the-art laboratory so eh, whatever i mean does the door ever really close with a lock like that i mean <laughs> but to blind people i suppose also a state-of-the-art chemical laboratory that vents its dangerous chemicals into the atmosphere every half an hour <laughs> what well it's it's supposed uh, to it's supposed to scrub it right but the the way that the chemical is it won't like succeed and then just vent it because oh, they're not supposed you. to have that in that lab i think is kind of the point oh like it's made its way into the work area and that's where it vents no, I'm just well, saying think, that lab is only supposed to be working with plants and non-harmful chemicals, but when you miss a decimal, it makes it super harmful, but the ventilation system isn't built to scrub that out. It'll scrub everything else out, but not that. So it's scrubbing everything to keep it pure for your scientific yeah, but it's, reasons of testing. It still shouldn't vent into the atmosphere. It should vent into a, you know, somewhere where it could be Like examined. into a what? <laughs> It they sh- it should vent into the furnace and then it would just burn it like the doctor did. <laughs> that would that would make yeah. the most sense to me. Yeah, that makes yeah that makes a lot of sense. It's hard with this kind or with this episode in particular to know exactly like what what the original story was because this was a Peter Harness story, who you know writer of. Zygon Invasion and Zygon Inversion and Kill the Moon, but it's co-written by Stephen Moffat, which makes you think that the monks weren't originally a part of this story and that Moffat kind of changed the script to add that part to it to make this a three-parter. It did feel <laughs> like just kind of a splice in, like the fact that we don't have Missy at all, I thought was super weird. Well, and we already know that him being blind wasn't originally part of any of the scripts other than Oxygen. And so we know some tomfoolery was happening. Hmm, that would make sense. There's, uh, I know I talk about it a lot, but on the Strangers in Space podcast, they had an interview with Peter Harness just a couple months ago. And it wasn't the first time they'd interviewed him, so they were getting a little familiar. And the interviewer pretty much just goes... So, Zygon Invasion, Zygon Inversion were awesome. What the fuck happened with Pyramid at the End of the World? <laughs> Why was that so bad? <laughs> Ouch. And That's he was great. trying to get the guy 
to kind of blame it on Moffat because, you know, first of all, the script is not what the original script was. It, there were a lot of changes to make it fit the season, which happens with every script. The showrunner alters every single script that goes out. He he could put a co-writing credit on every story if he wanted to, uh, with very rare exceptions. Like, you know, RTD didn't really touch Moffat or Chibnall's scripts. Also, during this time, another thing this interviewer was trying to get Harness to say, during like the pre-production and production of this block of episodes, Stephen Moffat's mom was dying. And so he was just gone. He was in the hospital with his mom the whole time. And kind of, you you know, some people say that he wasn't really there. He took his eye off the ball, just wasn't around. Hmm. That's sad. Yeah. If they try to blame it on that. Well, I think this interviewer is just trying to get Peter Harness to just say, like, no, my script was fucking awesome. Just a bunch of shit happened that nobody could control. And he was, of course, super diplomatic and wouldn't really blame anybody, but. You know. should just double down that episode. I think if you watch it again, you'll find that it's quite fantastic. <laughs> Some of my best writing. Well, and I don't find the monk stuff really that intrusive. I mean, all of this stuff is, is really leading up into next the next story, which could, you know, you'll see it when you watch it, but it could exist by itself. The introduction of the monks didn't have to happen. We'll talk about that more next week. I gotta well, say the the most doctory moment in this episode for me was when they turned off the cameras for all four hundred and some labs, uh, knowing that they would turn on the cameras for the one that they need. I thought that was great. That was pure. Yeah, that was pure doctor. <laughs> well, the except fact for that the doctor figuring it out that quickly, like I'm feeling this <laughs> and this. Yeah, <laughs> the road that. the road to that point was really cringy, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> getting, no, I getting disagree. Just... I want the doctor making those kind of logic leaps and not telling us why. Like he's supposed to be better than us. Well, we see him make a a failure of an attempt at trying to find him too, with his strange little search engine set up with all of the secret documents in the world. <laughs> yes, like but, that. Uh, it, like I mean, it, it did help because it it got them to narrow it down to four hundred twenty eight labs, which. What the one part of that I don't like is Nardal just like for plot reasons being able to hack 428 cameras all at once. <laughs> it's not just sexy, Jake. So bad. Oh, I see. You got the same amount of laughter here <laughs> as we did from the episode. <laughs> one last complaint I will give from when Erica says that there's one minute and 20 seconds left on the timer, uh, the explosion doesn't happen for exactly three minutes. Nice. It's like a death clock. That's wow. Dragon Ball's Doomsday clock. Doomsday. <laughs> I'm dilated. Doomsday clock. In that scene, when the doctor's like trying to figure out how to open the door, that's when Erica is just staring at nothing. It's like she didn't know she was on camera because there's like two <laughs> windows between her and the doctor. She oh, is no. not participating mentally or physically <laughs> in anything that's happening. She's like, I wonder what's for lunch today back on the table. I wonder if they brought donuts again. Probably. It's like, if I stand super still, nobody will know that I'm here. Did I leave a turkey in the oven on also, in my camper? 
couldn't they have finagled something, found something shiny? He holds it up. She sees the numbers. He does the dials. Come on. The doctor really gave up on that yeah. one, didn't yeah. he? Which Hardcore. was really weird. Which is. He was just like, I right. guess I'd die. Dodge it back. Mm-hmm. No, no. Back, hold, backing up the doctor here. Whoever decided to put a regular high school lock design <laughs> or a high security door. Also. Stupid. <laughs> Whoever made that design made it out of like not good things. It oh. just he like, <laughs> like touched it, it and it would like good. fly. It I, also looked like the what? zero, like most of those locks, the zero has a little divot, and I swear to God there was one there. Like put your damn thumb on the zero <laughs> and you can count. Figure it out. It's funny. Or, you like, know, he's wearing glasses that can broadcast to anything because they're sonic sunglasses. Oh, he yeah. can just be like, Erica, pull out your phone and well, just beam a in, look, we just thing came to, up with three yeah. ways that he could have in that scene. That in that scene, he was literally communicating with Bill on her phone. So he could have just done that. Like the <laughs> link was already there. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. Uh but also analog locks are the safest locks, right? Can't hack them. You'd think that, Apparently but not. they're also mechanical with no electronic safeguard. I don't safeguard. think that's no, really something that needs to be yeah, safeguarded because be you're inside the lab. It's not preventing you from getting in. It's preventing you from getting out of the lab. <laughs> Does it make sense? Why, that's true. Why is that lock there? For exactly the reason, like, there's a, a contagion in there, maybe. Like, and maybe the person on the outside needs to make the call and be like, no, that person's going to have to die. Like, yeah. I can see that. But if you work in the lab, you know the code. Could you? No, well, it changed. She had to give it to him. Oh. Uh, so, but instead, they built it the other way. She can't oh. open it from her side. No, 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 no. It can no. only be opened from the but inside. It, it, yeah, they put the lock on the inside so that way no one sense. from the outside can just, like, if they see dead people inside that room, they're not going to open it up and go like, dude, why are you sleeping? Like, it's a security <laughs> lock to go like, no, you cannot open this door because there's disaster in here. But they're right. It should be the other way around. You shouldn't let the people on the inside make that decision. <laughs> oh, well, I guess you could do that, too. Plus, but also, there's a room in between. There's an antechamber. There's like an airlock. Like, get through one door. Make the other one the bad one. Every time you walk through that door, you have to put in the combination open the door, go back, <laughs> scramble the combination so other people don't see it. Yeah, that's what I want to see. It's like, who's spinning all of the numbers? <laughs> yeah. get, get I, was, I was just wondering if like to scramble it is <laughs> like, to just swipe your hand. Two of us work here. <laughs> it's just, I feel like there's been a couple Zoom meetings in this lab where like, can we deal with this door lock situation? <laughs> oh man, Matt from Neither Time Nor The Space tweeted me today saying that he just listened to our Forest of the Night episode and at the very end spit out his coffee because he laughed so hard. So I went and listened to it and I'm like, well, there's something I said that was kind of funny. There's something Cody said that was pretty good. Uh, Jill and Terry weren't on that episode. Uh, so I'm like, so I tweeted him back. I'm like, what What did, did you laugh at? And uh, it's at the ve- the very last thing that happens when Alex is doing his dumb song, he made a fart noise. <laughs> and oh that's what God. made Matt oh spit no. his coffee up. Matt, wait, this, that, <laughs> we're their kind of humor. This is it. This that, is the podcast for them. Matt cares nothing about Doctor Who. He just has <laughs> other humor. 
Like oh, I, I put it in the song. Like that was part of the. Like is that like it was part of the song or someone farted? No, you did. You like. Boo, doo, doo. <laughs> oh, you you made the noise with your mouth. <laughs> okay. That's weird. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please don't do that. <laughs> I really liked the uh, room that the monks were in. They had all of the cords to like figure out the timelines of what would lead to where, like I thought that whole design was. That really seemed Dalek esque. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it seemed Dalek. Yes. Also there was no words at all. It, there was an episode where Davros made the doctor touch the dangly things that yeah. looked exactly like that. Oh. It was the, oh, shit. cause they were going to suck the, the time Lord juice. Oh yeah, that Time Lord juice, man. <laughs> you try that? Oh yeah, I'm on board with Davros. Um, and then also the doctor uh solved the issue by blowing it up. That's always a, a theme. True. Yeah. I would have lost that trivia question. So military just out there popping their collars, looking cool. Get a shift Not, on. You know, wearing their uniforms however they want. Uh there was one visual thing that was uh really beautiful to watch uh when the doctor first approached the uh pyramid and talked with the monk uh he said like i'm here there's a line in the sand i'm that man on the other side the sun glare from the lens actually drew that line between the two of them and i thought that was really uh, artful from the director to have that in there theatrical Cinematic. <laughs> Cinematic. Uh, same director as last week. A couple good ones in a row. As far as visually appealing. I'll give him that. Right before that, Terry, I think was my favorite line when they're kind of like briefing or debriefing the doctor on the pyramid and just what it's been doing since it showed up. And they're going there and the doctor says something like, oh, you you don't do something like this as a threat. It's a message. And the guy goes, what's a message? And he says, bring it. And then he like uses his sonic on that arm to, so he can get through. And the guy goes, what are you doing? He goes, bringing it. Doctor's <laughs> a boss. He's bossing it up. Terry, give me 30 seconds it. on Bill's outfit. Ooh. Oh, I really like this outfit a lot. It was super fun. I honestly, is her jacket a uh, reversible? I swear to God, in the beginning of the episode, it was pink with her date. And then later on, it was blue. But the inside of it looked like it was the shade of pink that I was saw earlier. So I feel like it's a reversible jacket, but I'm not sure. But I really like that idea. So I hope it was. Um, but yeah, otherwise, she, she looked really fun and put together. She was far underdressed than what her date was. So uh, she needs to step up her game a little bit more if she's going to continue trying to court uh, Penny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. In that. the simulation, she had that dope ass jacket dress thing. Right. Ah, man, she needs to get that back. Alex, give me that Twitter theme song. Tweet, 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 tweet. If you want to tweet at us about your thoughts on any given episode, you can do so at Married Who Pod on Twitter. 
Uh, if you want to see pictures of episodes we did months ago, you can follow us on Married to Who on Instagram. <laughs> Ode underscore Ollie at Ode underscore Ollie says, I know this one isn't particularly well loved. Got a feeling you might not be a fan of it, Jake. Well, none of serves us. you there, Ode Ollie, because I think I liked it the most out of everybody. <laughs> but I do think there's still some good stuff in it, though a fair bit not necessarily to like too. Learning more about the monks does deepen their threat. Their omniscience makes them creepier, as does how reminiscent they are of the trickster, if only to those of us who have watched Sarah Jane Adventures. But I do wish they'd done more. In Extremis, they were working in the shadows, and in this, they're still not being too outright villainous. I think they could have been more impactful. I agree with that. I think that's why I think they could just be in this third part, and they could just be a villain that's already taken over the world. Go ahead. You think that they could have been like already done taking over the world like having gotten consent from everybody in the world yeah they don't need consent I from think we could enter... everyone in the world just a leader I want to get yeah. rid of that whole consent scheme yeah entirely. same it's not <laughs> not great after 2020 yeah. no I think one's we gonna just... agree on anything <laughs> I think we could enter the, the third part of this just in media res and just fucking go and you can explain everything through yeah, I mean, you'll see they do explain everything, so it doesn't fucking matter. Ollie goes on. The repeat of the date gag falls a bit flat as the punchline is obvious. But other than that, the setup is good. And I like Bill's reaction to learning about the president. The doctor's speech about the end of the world is great. Tense while being very simplistic, just making it more effective. And I like the doctor's meditation being when he talks to the audience. The misdirection of the threat for the doctor is really well done, especially now that the real threat hits a bit close to home. A lot of the episode, though, seems to have happened because of very easily avoidable mistakes, and that is frustrating to watch. The way Bill and the Doctor's relationship is shown is great, though. The way she accepts what's happening and just runs with it, and the absolute faith she shows in him is amazing. I still really love the relationship. And Nardo and the Doctor's relationship changing into reliance is done so well, especially with a Doctor who doesn't want other people's help. I know... This is a very negative review coming from me, but I still like this one, though I'm more excited for your reactions to what is still to come. Oh, Ollie, that wasn't a negative approach at all. Like, <laughs> that, that was right. That was damn near glowing so in my eyes. The Doctor and Bill's relationship, I do really like um, the positive that came out of it from them, I guess, because... Her deciding to consent showed that she had a true love for him, whereas I've talked about in the past how she kind of seemed like she was using him at times, and this really solidifies, no, they have a very real... One time he helped her move. Yeah, it was. she was super rude. That's yeah. And that's whenever awesome. he shows up, she's like, not now, go away, not now, go away. Agreed. Also, Clara did, did the same it? thing. Bamboozled by the whole... I thought, like, the consent deal was they needed to love the monks but you just love anything you want and then consent based off of your love for <laughs> gave consent based on love so then it was fine it's a good point the, can you love, love the doctor. can you love your car and that's <laughs> enough according to that only if they're yeah. threatening to destroy your car but if you really think about it was bill's reaction in fear of her losing the doctor Yes, 100%. So she should have died. It was consent and fear. 
<gasps> Another hole in the episode. <laughs> uh I don't know. Love and fear, I feel like, going hand in hand. So that concept is really hard. Love is fear. <laughs> you got to love oh fearfully. Right? <laughs> if you don't put that dish over here in the dishwasher. <laughs> but I mean, they For real, they though. Do put that your dishes in the dishwasher. <laughs> it's, it's maintenance. It's love maintenance. All right. Like Chris at the Simo Trash says... A 5,000-year-old pyramid that wasn't there yesterday as the entire premise is so stupid, and yet I love it so much. It's so Doctor Who. You don't often get episodes where the Doctor actually loses, but here it's in full effect. It really feels like he can win, but it's taken away from him right at the last moment. The end of the world being because of one small human error is entirely believable, and mistakes like that have the opportunity to happen every single day. You'd think there would be a failsafe in the lab to be able to manually turn off the air filtration system, he would think that. But again, that comes down to human error. It's interesting the monks only take power when they're asked out of love, since a lot of dictators were originally voted into power by people who genuinely love them. I like the misdirection whilst everyone is focused on the pyramid and its placement between the three most powerful armies in the world. The real danger is happening thousands of miles away with nobody watching. When discussing the real threat, it does feel like they get to bacteria too quickly. Apparently, there was going to be a line about terrorism, but considering the Manchester bombing happened a few days earlier, it's understandable they cut that line out. I did read that. I think that's true. <clears throat> Overall, this episode feels like it's trying to be a romp, but doesn't quite get there, as it has to deal with the serious stuff instead. But despite that, it does feel quite fun. You also feel the desperation at the end where the doctors figured it all out and is seconds away from victory, but one small combination lock was his downfall. He probably could have just video called Bill. <laughs> That's exactly yes. what he said. Yep. And have her tell him what she could see, but that would be less fun. It's good to see them lose every once in a while. Hopefully the marrieds enjoy and we'll have fun guessing which world leader appears in Bill's flat next. Oh, that's a good point. A Cheeto. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> she sneezed. Gesundheit. <laughs> Angela Merkel. <laughs> oh my god. Just with a giant pitcher of beer. <laughs> Racist. I can say what? That's like her thing. She or not her thing, but like pictures and stuff. Like she's like the party uh world leader. She, that, <laughs> Okay, beer is part of Germany's heritage, like wine is part of France's heritage. <laughs> it is something to be proud of Champagne. and not score. Of all the people, I'm say here, this one they... last time: someone who really likes beer, German beer sucks. I will agree, <laughs> but I'm not part of. I will the need German to culture. take more samples before I come to a conclusion on that. Yeah, well, it's just and and warm? maybe everywhere they I went, warm, don't they, they? Were... No, well. Oh. They don't not serve it warm, but like if you go to a bar and get like a stein of beer, it's going to be cold. But all, I just found all their beer to be boring. Like I, I was looking for something like weird and exciting. Yeah, because you're a hipster. I think the best part about it, though, from what I know, is just that it's constantly available. It's not oh, yeah. quality, it's quantity. <laughs> what makes beer great? No, you go into That's more beer. Exactly. <laughs> you go to a grocery store and they sell it by the can and you see like all these construction workers who are 
like on their lunch break, they just grab like a sandwich and a can of beer and go sit outside and eat and drink a beer. So it's exactly. the it's the equivalent of having like a just a Gatorade around. Like a, just a bottle of Gatorade, like <laughs> right. a single bottle yeah, it, like, of Gatorade. You. Yeah, dude. It keeps you going. Yeah. Need those electrolytes. Alex, give me that fun facts theme song. Fun facts, fun facts. Jake's going to give us the fun facts. Not a ton for this one, but this is the first time that the UN has featured in a Doctor Who episode since they requested that their name be taken out of the acronym for UNIT when the show came back. Ah, oh, yeah. Why? Yeah, that totally should have been UNIT, not the UN. Interesting. <laughs> right? So UNIT in the classic series, and I think the first appearance of them in the new series, stood for United Nations Intelligence Task Force. Uh, the UN asked them to get my name out your mouth, and they changed it to the Unified Intelligence Task Force. Mm. I like to look at all the actors, see if they've been in Doctor Who before or in any other shit I wish to chat about. Togo Agawa played the Secretary General of the UN. He was in an episode of Torchwood called Cyberwoman as Dr. Tanizaki. He's also in The Last Jedi as a bridge officer. Which bridge? <laughs> uh... Bad joke. <laughs> the bridge. Alex, give me that MVP theme song. MVP. MVP. Alex, who's Ooh. your MVP? I'm going to give it to the director because it was a stunning, uh, like, it was stunning visually. It, it was but very nice to MVP. look at. The director. <laughs> what? I'm Daniel Nettime. Yeah. Give it to him. Jill. Nardal's jacket. Nardal? He's had the same jacket the whole time. <laughs> I noticed it today then. You you mentioned <laughs> the doctor's threads today. It was so the doctor's shirt and Nardal's jacket complemented each other super nice. I think that's why I noticed it. So then I'll just give it to the combination. Actually the costumer. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Boom. It should be the same as last week's, I'm assuming. Terry, who's your MVP? I was going to give it to Mr. Peter Capaldi. But who are you actually going to give it to? Also Peter Capaldi. <laughs> Costume designer is Haley Nebbauer. Cody, who's your MVP? Do I have to, though? Can it be... Yes. Can it be... Mm. Can it be... Can it be... Uh... Fuck. Capaldi. Like, begrudgingly. Such reluctance. <laughs> like, it's like the least common denominator. Not, that's not even a great metaphor here. Uh, I think Capaldi did a fantastic job. Just, you know, being the doctor, being his normal self in this episode, he was still just, you know, kind of leagues above in the episode to everybody else. The director was pretty good, but he's already got his vote. Yeah, Capaldi was good in this. I was going to pick Pro Mackey, but I'm switching to Cabaldi. Sam, who you got? Uh the the monkey look. I like the way the monks look. So oh. like uh, uh makeup, costume yeah. and makeup? Yep, yep. I got yeah, they did a good job of making them look just gross. Yeah, I like it. They look great. And they had like close ups of them and 
it wasn't a vagina monster, so we didn't have to talk about that for half the episode. <laughs> True. Oh, the... They needed a prosthetic. We didn't have to like... last time either. You guys just wouldn't let it go. <laughs> we had to. I had no part of that. <laughs> guys, I totally called it. Uh, Pearl Mackey's jacket is reversible. Sick. Like yes. The first episode on the date, Huzzah. and then proud of it, it's blue and black. Yes, I called it totally. Well, the makeup designer was Barbara Southcott. Uh, something like a monster design. It's a lot of people involved. The writer, the production designer, wardrobe makeup. So, yeah, good job, everybody. Good job. It is now time for everybody's favorite podcast sensation. The Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit slash Doug Benson movie game game. In this game, each of these five dicks gets a question from the Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit. That question is random. It might be really easy. It might be really hard. Everybody will get a chance to go first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. If the person who goes first gets it wrong, the second person gets four multiple choice options. If they get it wrong, the next person gets to guess from those options that are remaining. Whoever wins gets my love for the rest of the week. <laughs> Give me the love. <laughs> I have chosen at random the order ahead of time, and it is as so. Jill, Alex, Sam, Cody, Terry. Oh, close. I'll take it. Still lose. But I'll Jill's got to be like the third. What star did Wilf notice had disappeared first in the alternate world where Donna and the Doctor never met? It's a name? It's the name of a star. And I ain't talking about Brad Pitt. Lame. Yeah, I figured Terry would laugh. He laughs at everything. <laughs> he does laugh at everything. <laughs> the North Star. It has to be. Ooh, I bet you that star has a different name, but I don't know what it is. It is now, Alex, your multiple choice options are Proxima Centauri, Orion, Alpha Centauri, Ursa Major. I'll go Alpha Centauri. Sam. Hmm. Ursa Major. Cody. Proxima. Terry. Orion. It's Orion. It's I didn't name of a star. I didn't that's think... a whole well. Thing. Yeah, that's the constellation's not, uh, the belt. Constellation. Yeah, that's some BS. I don't know. Uh, also, yeah, the North Star, Star Polaris, yeah. Okay. The Neither the Time Nor the Space podcast had this exact same argument with this question when they had it on their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up a list of star names. Guess what wasn't on there? Orion. <laughs> oh. <laughs> throw throw it out. New question. Does Wilf say it, though? Oh, I nope, they got they're one. all the way downstairs. Alex, it is your turn to go first. Okay. What was Martha's father's new girlfriend's name? Oh, God. Uh, it is... Oh, if it's one of these two, I'm going to be so mad. Sharon? No. Fuck. All right. Sam, your multiple choice are Annalise, Adelaide, Christina, Astrid. All right, I was way off. All right. <laughs> Adelaide. Ooh. That was Captain Adelaide Brooke from Waters of Mars. Uh, 
knew it sounded familiar. Cody. What was the list again? They are all from this season. I know, that's the problem. <laughs> or not this season, a couple seasons. I knew what you meant. It's oh. all from the RTD era. Multiple Man. choice me again, Daddy. Annalise, Adelaide, Christina, Astrid. Christina. Ooh, no, that's Lady Christina D'Souza from The Planet of the Dead. Terry. Astrid? Ooh, no, that is the name of Kylie Minogue in Voyage of the Damned. Jill. Annalise? That's correct. Did it. Thanks, guys. Team effort. (laughs) Jill has one. Terry has one. Sam, it is your turn to go first. What is the annual event that takes place on the second Sunday in November where Timothy Latimer saw the doctor for the first time since he was 14? Man, this is a... This is a tough one. The I don't even know who this person is. The in November? I don't know what happens in November. A carnival. Is that your answer? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh Cody, your multiple choice are Saint David's Day, Stephen Lawrence Day, All Saints Day. Remembrance Day. All Saints Day. Harry. God. It is Remembrance Day. It's like their Veterans Day, guys. Come on. Who is Timothy? Cody, this is your favorite episode. This is Timothy Lattimore, the little boy with the watch, who at the end of the story, they went forward in time to the year 2000 for the World War One memorial oh, thing. Yeah. Oh, and he was the old guy. Yeah. I never would have remembered the name of that day. Terry has two. Jill has one. Cody, it is your turn to go first. What famous children's story with a Dalek twist did the 11th Doctor offer to read the Tenza Child in Night Terrors? Well, <laughs> if you carry the one, you know, on any given day, I can think of any child's story until I'm asked <laughs> to think about a child's story. So I'll just say uh, Hansel and Gretel. Uh, what's the uh, Dalek oh, the twist Dalek to name. Hansel and Gretel? Dalek and uh, Dalek Hansel and Gretel meet the Daleks. <laughs> okay, uh, Terry. Is it Cinderella and the Dalek machine? Is it Jack and the wormhole? Is it So White and the Seven Daleks? Is it the Emperor Daleks' new clothes? Oh, boy. I know it now. <laughs> I don't. I was totally thinking of another one. <laughs> um, let's try Jack and the Wormhole. Jill. 
Repeat. Cinderella and the Dalek box. Jack and the wormhole. Snow White and the seven Daleks. The Emperor Daleks new clothes. Snow White. You got it. Alex. Really? <laughs> no, that's right, isn't I it? I thought it was Jack, so I'm real off. From my mind's eye. Is it really not Snow White? Emperor Dalek's new clothes. Yeah. Yes. I thought it was Snow White because so it sounds I, oh, down... I was for sure it was Snow White after I heard that. Is that in so I wrote down now? my multiple choice. Uh, no. I wrote down these multiple choice from the actual, like, Doctor Who fairy tale book that they came out with, which includes, a whole, well, I mean, it has a whole bunch of stories, but then I forgot until I actually read the question that they have to have a Dalek twist. So oh, I had to make all that up on the spot. Uh, well, what they actually are, it's Cinderella in the Magic Box, Jack in the Wormhole, Snow White, and the Seven Keys to Doomsday, <laughs> and the Emperor Dalek's new clothes. Terry has two, Jill has one, Alex has one. Terry, you can get this and secure your victory or give Jill or Alex a chance to catch you. Oh, I'll win it. This is exciting. This is I think this is the closest we've had. High octane trivia. What kind of creature took over the body of MI5 officer Margaret Blaine? Like an alien creature? Um, <laughs> took over the officer. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> um, what kind of creature took over the body of MI5 officer Margaret Blaine? Oh, wait, no. Oh, no, that's not it. She was an MI5. I don't know. The <laughs> face brain eaters those crab looking things from that one christmas episode <laughs> that's exactly what they're called and you're correct no you're not even close <laughs> um, jill your multiple choice are carrionite troclethane slothene crillotane krilla whatever alex repeat the options Carrionite, troclethane, slothene, crillotane. It's got to be the slothene, right? Yes, it does, and it is. Dang it. We're going head-to-head, Terry. No. Should I type the question? Should you type the question? Oh, yeah, there's going to be Because you're going to have delay. delay. Uh, we'll see, we'll see what the delay is. When I say now, both of you just make a noise. Now. Noise. Now. That no, what? there's no, no way. Well, that's Terry, bad. I will type it in. That's... Hold on. <laughs> I don't think Terry heard the direction. <laughs> I didn't. I just heard like what? <laughs> God damn it! My favorite thing about Terry and answering questions is he'll like be like, "Oh, I remember this from this." And he'll get the question right, but he's thinking of a completely different episode. And I have no idea how that works. It's a superpower. Like, wait, what? Yeah. For those listening at home, because of the delay due to the fact that we're on Discord, I am typing this question into Discord. And the first of these nerds to respond will be today's winner. 
So you're just going to hear them yelling out gobbledygook. But it's a pretty easy one. I think they should get it pretty fast. Are you ready? Yes. I hope so. Hitting enter. Hey guys, Future Jake here. I just realized while editing that I never actually said what the question was that these guys are trying to answer. So I'll tell it to you now. It is, what villain does Clara Oswald follow into the Doctor's own time stream in his tomb on Trenzalore? Back to these assholes. Oh god, it's the, um, Great Intelligence. Oh, Jerry's the winner. fuck, yeah. Yay! I was like, hold on, she chased someone in there? Harry member. Okay. Yep, you got me. You got me. I forgot that she was battling the Great Intelligence from his time stream. That's a good point. I had a different question all lined up, but... I know Alex doesn't know anything about Harry Potter, so I didn't ask it. True. <laughs> so I'll ask it to you now. Uh, Zoe Wanamaker played Lady Cassandra in two episodes of Doctor Who, but who did she play in the Harry Potter films? Was she that journalist? The plant lady. No. Oh, she no. wasn't her. Uh, McGonagall. No. <laughs> Dear Lord. Uh, Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Come on. Snake. Cody, you can do this. I'm just naming characters. We talked I know. about it in her episodes. Wait. Oh, uh Ghosty Susie from the bathroom. No. Moaning Myrtle. Oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't Adam Hooch, Hooch, was it? It was Madam Hooch. Yeah, I don't even know who Madam Hooch is. She's the finest. Oh, I remember Cody saying that last time we talked about this. (laughs) Oh my god, it's been so many years. It was a long time ago. That's season two, season one shit. That's second episode shit. Wow! All right, well, Terry wins for the third time for the last time. I just made an awesome face of Bo quote right off the top of my head in the middle of a sentence. No one gives a shit. This has been Mary Who barely talking about the pyramid at the end of the world. If you want to follow us on socials, you can do so on Twitter, Mary Who Pod, on Instagram, Mary Who, or you can email us, Mary Who at gmail.com. If you want to listen to this podcast, you can do so on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or you can go on our website, MarriedWho.com, if you want to get some of the older episodes, which I do not recommend listening to. On behalf of myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and producer Terry, please join us next time for... Ooh, I was really going to write down what this episode's called. Yeah, turn that shit up. Meow, <laughs> <laughs>